Hey guys, Brian Jodis here with a quick favor. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show, rate and review it, and always share it with your friends. It helps us pick up the six around here, and we are so thankful for you for that. We're also thankful for our friends at OmniSend. OmniSend is an e-commerce marketing service, and they're on a mission to make e-commerce accessible to everyone. That means they're making it easier for small and medium-sized businesses to get new customers and start making sales right off the bat. We use OmniSend here at Pick Up the Six. Their marketing automation tools take care of those time-consuming and repetitive tasks. I love their platform. It's super intuitive with great email templates. It's got drag and drop features for building emails. You don't have to be a web coder to use OmniSend. We use it for our newsletter. Super simple. We love it. It's so easy to use and it looks really good. It, it delivers a real punch. Anyone with a great idea, an interesting product, and some business sense can now compete with the big guys. Are you ready to start increasing your sales, but not your workload? Visit Omnisend.com today and learn more. Thank you so much, Omnisend, for partnering up with Pick Up the Six. Just over one year ago, many aspects of our daily lives were thrown into an upheaval. Life sort of stopped as a pandemic hit our communities. That includes schools, and with that, tens of thousands of kids who depend on free and reduced lunch programs. My guest today set into motion to do something about it, and I'm excited to introduce you to Dean Ogan of Rocky Top Catering on today's Pick Up the Six podcast. Dean, welcome to Pick Up the Six podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited for this conversation uh, to look back on what this last year has been like, the challenges it has presented, but how we've continued to see people step up through that real strength of purpose to continue to have an impact in their community. So for you, Dean, where does your love for cooking, catering, and quite frankly, taking care of people come from? Well, you know, I, I started in, in the restaurant industry at a very young age. Uh, I grew up on the Jersey Shore working in restaurants. Uh, I went to school for it. I dropped out of school so that I could work more in restaurants. And uh, I kind of went through the school hard knocks for uh, about a 10 year period of time before I started my own business uh, where, uh, you know, we moved to Raleigh and opened up several restaurants over a 15 year period. We're going to talk about the name of the catering company because I've got some ideas about where it came from. But where are we talking Jersey Shore area here? Uh, I grew up in Monmouth County. Uh, it's Asbury Park, Rumson, Long Branch area. You ever go Are over to Lottolette, New Jersey? Yeah, Side sure. Heights. Yeah. So my grandparents, Absolutely. my grandparents had a home to Ortley Ave, Lavalette, New Jersey, uh, and spent many a summer, uh, walking the boardwalk there, eating subs at TP subs and getting ice cream <laughs> from Lavalette. And so good connection there, my man. I did not know that before we sat down to talk on this day. So Jersey strong represent. Uh, Rocky Top Catering. Rocky Top, I'll always be home sweet home to me. Where are we at here? Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top, Tennessee. That's right. <laughs> Tell me yeah, about the I, I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. So obviously it's something that uh, was important for you. And, and uh, how, how did you come across the idea or when did you lock in on this? What I'm going to call this thing. Uh, I don't think there was ever any other name. Uh, My uh, my original business partner and I were best friends at the University of Tennessee, and it was always our dream to open up restaurants together. And that was it. I mean, we opened up our first restaurant. The first thing we did was we painted the uh, office that hideous Tennessee orange. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's distinct, Dean. It's a yeah. distinct. It's a distinct orange. There is, there is no orange like it. Uh, that's for sure. Folks have seen it before. It is a unique uh, brand <laughs> of orange. Great to hear that story about how all that comes to be. All right, let's go back to March and April of 2020. Uh, you know, and it and it's wild to think about um, how long ago that was, but it really wasn't that long in the grand scheme of things here. You're in my area here in Raleigh, North Carolina, just outside of that Wake County, and and life changes and, and things are closing quickly. And, and part of that is 50,000 kids who depend on free and reduced lunch programs in our public schools. And with schools physically closed during the pandemic, that's going to be a problem for children who rely on that nourishment. Uh, that meal for many. And and it is, guys, worth taking time to think about perspective. For many, it might be the square meal they get that day, which is provided them in their public schools. And so Rocky Top is working with a local nonprofit to do something about it's called Overflowing Hand. So just take me back in time to March 2020 and how things start shutting down and how you guys get involved with ensuring that kids and their families in our community stay fed. Sure. Well, you know, j- just by uh, um, our, our nature as a catering company, we have the ability to feed large scale numbers uh, at a time. We have a very large commissary kitchen. We have the trucks. We have the people, the infrastructure to handle um, a, a lot of volume. Uh, when this when this whole pandemic started, uh, you know, our business, 99 percent of our business got shut down. Uh, we, we didn't have an event on the books in April. And and May, I don't think we had more than one or two extremely small events. So, you know, the first thing we 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 decided was let's let's find let's find a way to pivot, let's p- find a way to keep uh, our people engaged, uh, because you know at that point in time we had gotten uh, payroll protection plan money, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a great help for us, um, and we decided let, let's let's do what we love to do, which is uh, help people in our community. So we started doing some digging and we we learned a lot about the free and assisted meal programs. And we learned that out of there are actually 62,000 kids in Wake County uh, that are on that free and assisted plan. Wow. wow. And we learned right away with school, school shutdown and with the homeschooling situation in play or getting created at that time, uh, there were only about 17,000 kids that had parents that had access to get to the schools to get their meals because the schools were still distributing meals. Mm-hmm. You could go and pick up breakfast and lunch. Um, now the, the, the County had a terrible time figuring that out because I mean, first all this happened in, in, a, in, in, in a second, right? I mean, we were in the middle of this pandemic before we knew it. And, you know, you have, you know, the cafeteria workers and, and that, that are used to serving food in a certain way. And then they have no infrastructure to change how they do things. So basically, you know, the cafeteria pizza is going into a, ba- a bag. And when your car pulls up, they're handing out a piece of pizza that's going to sit for God knows how long before it's going to get served. It was it was a real problem. Um, so we decided right off the bat, OK, let we're, we're, the way we're going to do this is we're going to uh, serve take and bake meals. And we're going to sh- we're going to show up at schools and uh, we're going to we started with pans that feed six people um, and we made sure they were super healthy. Uh, every pan had, you know, a ton of protein, vegetables and a starch uh, with easy to cook instructions in English and in Spanish. Mm. Uh, so the people so people could pick them up and take them home and have a nice dinner. 
so out of the gate, it was rough. Um, we're, you know, Rocky Top's a for-profit company. Um, we, we just kind of started showing up at a couple local schools and we weren't even allowed on the, on the school properties to begin with. I mean, we got shoved, you know, 150 yards down the road and we had to create signage on the fly, put people out to let them know that we had fresh meals for them. Uh, that happened for about a week and a half. And then um, we got very aggressive with some folks with the school board and just said, look, you, you know, you got to figure this out. You got to put us on on the school property. So we got on the school property and the volume of meals that we started serving started to get just crazy. And then as we continued to go with this, we, we started working with Wake County. And what we did is we figured out, holy cow, they're, we're serving the kids that are already able to get here and get to the schools to get the meals. So I think we were at four or five uh, middle schools. At that point, we started working with the school to get to satellite locations, uh, mobile home parks, um, apartment complexes where there was a high density of children that were on the free and assisted meal programs. And it was very easy once the school, the school uh, system realized we were there to help. Mm-hmm. They just, they'd say, okay, you got 38 kids in this apartment complex. That's going to be a good place to set up a stop. So we started dropping signs and, you know, over the course of the first 12 weeks, we probably ramped up to doing, I believe we were at 72 different locations across the County. And at our peak, we were serving, 22 to 24,000 meals a week. Wow. Um, and, and that, you know, that number went up and down is, you know, because the, the, the big thing that happened was, you know, we work with overflowing hands. We, we fundraised. Um, I did everything, you know, completely at cost, you know? So um, if I had $3 and 70 cents into, into a pan that, that, uh, uh, that fed six people, that's exactly what I passed through to, uh, overflowing hands and we would fundraise for that and overflowing hands has no administrative costs. Mm-hmm. So literally a hundred, we, 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 we could comfortably tell our donors and the people that were helping that 100% of the money that you're donating is going to the food in the pan. Wow. So that's, that's, I mean, that's really impressive, man, to think about all that goes into it and in, and being more worried about picking up their six, quite frankly, than your own. Uh, yeah. In that moment, I got a few questions I want to ask you. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so interested in the logistics of how all this works out. First of all, incredibly mission driven, love the heart of this. And we're going to get back to that a little bit about what you saw and who poured into it and, and all of that. But what is preparing 22,000 meals a week, four to 5,000 meals a day look like? Uh, it, 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 well, first off, you got to be really good at math. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we, 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 we created a system. Um, we have a huge kitchen. Um, our commissary is about an 18,000 square foot building. The kitchen is almost 6,000 square feet of it. And fortunately for this program, but unfortunately for our business, we have had all the space in the world to execute. So essentially we had one side of the kitchen that was doing nothing but production. So let's say the dish was, um, chicken Parmesan. Mm -hmm. So I would have, two or three people that did nothing but cook pasta all day, every day. And they, they would cook it, they would chill it and get it in the walk-in. Because I mean, the food safety component's obviously very important. Sure, sure. 
Um, then I had two or three people that were in our giant kettles doing nothing but making the tomato sauce. And then you had two or three people that were doing nothing but searing off the chicken. Okay. Then when it came assembly time, we just, we ran an assembly line. One person went down and put the pasta in the pan. One person did the sauce. One person did the, the, the chicken. And then one person did the cheese. And then somebody puts a lid on and somebody else is loading the, we, we have these giant load uh, rolling coolers. Um, we have tons of them. Um, it's a, it's a Cambro product that you might be familiar mm -hmm. with. Um, and they hold about 70, 70 pans. Wow. So we would load them in the cooler, put cold plates in them so that we could safely distribute them um, the next day. So our, our system was to always stay one day ahead um, on the process. Now, when we were doing, when we were up to that, that 20,000 number, uh, we had to run two crews a day to get that done. Cause that was, that was a lot of food. Who's making up these crews. I mean, is it all paid staff mm -hmm. employees or folks volunteering time to come in and, and do this effort? What, what's that team look like? So, so that's a great question. So all the food production it being the COVID situation, we wanted to really be careful with who we were allowing in the building. Yeah. So it was only our core staff. Um, and you know, we did all the protocols everybody else was doing temperature checks, um, you know, making sure the sanitizing stuff was being, being done. We were very careful. Um, but we did, and, and, and then the trucks were all driven by my people as well, but we set up through overflowing hands. Um, you could sign up to volunteer and we had volunteers that came and helped us distribute, uh, distribute the meals at all the locations, uh, throughout the whole process. I want to talk a little bit about who some of those other partners were uh, about this team at Overflowing yep. Hands and how helpful they were when you when you were not only doing school distribution but pivoting into the community and finding places to be to set up. What was that reception like when you showed up? Uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, you, you know, it, there were different stages with this, and you know the 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 volume of distribution there were fluctuations based on when people were getting stimulus checks, mm. which was quite, you know, quite fascinating. You know, like you'd see a, a 10%, I don't know what, what it was, 10%, 15% reduction in the number of meals that we would distribute um, when somebody would get, or when people would get their, their checks, because then they could get people had a little more, more money to go do their own shopping. Um, but uh, the reception was great. And, you know, I'll tell you, it was, it was so fascinating. You know, I remember this one instance, we were at Rogers Lane Elementary School and I was with a, a volunteer, I was out helping. And this woman pulls up in probably an $80,000 Lexus SUV. And she asks for meals and combo, combo boxes. And I'll explain to you what the combo boxes were here in a second. And the volunteer looked at me and said, isn't that kind of peculiar that that woman's asking for all this food? And I said, well, I said, she's probably asking for food so that she doesn't lose her car. And we, we had this, we had this, this uh, mantra the entire time, zero questions, um, serve with pride, serve with dignity, serve with respect, mm. you know, because you, you just don't know anybody else's situation. And the guy, I'm telling you, the guy that I told that to, he, he literally started crying on the spot. I mean, he lost, he lost it. He's like, Jesus, I, I didn't even think that that could have been the case. He, he was his, his initial reaction was that woman's trying to take advantage. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I, 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 and I would guess that that that's not the case was getting in a line to get free food 
man, you know, you got to be in a, in a heck of a place to have to do that. So it was interesting. Humbling, humbling experience. A lot of this and being yeah. close to it in the way that you were. Tell me a little bit more about that perspective. Uh, maybe even just a, pers- a, a change in perspective of life. I mean, so many things that we do on a daily basis that we were doing on a daily basis got, got halted. I said, beginning got in an upheaval, you know, you kind of got into a position of you didn't really know what to do next. You're sort of waiting to see, you know, you jokingly said before we started recording, this is all of our first pandemic. We don't know what we're doing here. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, people the, step up and be a part of that. Yeah. The, the perspective, you know, for me and for a, a lot of my team members uh, right out of the gate was, well, you know, this sucks. Our business has just gotten annihilated. And, you know, throughout the year, you really had no idea what was going to happen. You didn't know how bad it was going to be, or you didn't know how long it was going to take to recover. And we still don't know a lot of those things, but I'll tell you right now, you, you go and you take these, this pro this, these produce boxes, these combo boxes and these meals to people, and you're going into their communities and you're seeing the situation that others are in. Um, you, 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 you kind of shut your mouth and <laughs> stop your complaining pretty quick. You know, I mean, you realize how absolutely good you have it um, and how your situation, you know, could be worse. Tell me a little bit about community partners that stepped up and were part of this with you guys. So, so Wake County was great. Um, you know, once we, we, and, and, you know, look, we had to prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not the, we're not interfaith food shuttle. Um, we're not the, you know, the central Carolina food bank. Those are the folks that do this, you know, day in and day out. Um, we just stepped in to try to help. And after we proved ourselves, they were great partners. Um, Roxy Cash uh, on the school board, um, Sig Hutchinson, who's uh, a county commissioner. These folks, they stepped up and they they went to bat for us. And, you know, they in the beginning, we, we weren't getting any assistance from Wake County. Um, and they actually took the time to come out to tour my facility, to see how we were preparing the meals, watching the distribution process. Um, you know, they, they were they were genuinely interested in understanding what we were doing, how we were doing it and why we wanted to do it. And I think that's why we ended up getting such amazing support from them. Um, Overflowing Hands uh, is our nonprofit partner. Um, Chandler and Lon Ellis are the couple who run Overflowing Hands. Um, And they, boy, oh boy, I mean, they worked worked as hard or harder than anybody. They, They did all of our logistics. They did all the relationship work. They put together the routes. You know, they, they were the brains and we were kind of the muscle, you know, they, they would tell us we need 7,800 pans next week, or I'm sorry, 7,800 meals next week. And we just got, a, you know, 5,500 cases of yogurt and we're going to distribute that too. And I would, I would tell them how we were going to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was a true story. Actually, we got a, we, we got a random call that we needed to take 5,500 cases and a case of yogurts, 24 yogurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We got, we got so that. guys are making parfaits. Here we go. <laughs> we got, we got that and 76,000 pounds of plantains in the same week. And we wow. distributed, distributed every bit of it. So yeah. What else were you guys, you mentioned chicken Parmesan as a, as an idea as something, what else were you guys making? Cause I know the key too through part of this is not to only be helpful, not to be purpose driven and help your community, but to ensure that people are getting good, healthy, quality food for in this. So, so what else was coming out of that amazing kitchen? So, okay. So uh, chicken jambalaya was popular. Uh, we did a lot of chicken. 
mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, pork is, is dicey. And we did, we, we have a huge smoker and we did some smoked pork, uh, barbecue, Eastern North Carolina barbecue pork. Um, but when we did that, we had to smoke chicken as well right. um, to make sure that people that didn't eat pork had another, ch- another choice. Um, we, uh, we did barbecue chicken. It, it's like Bubba Gump. You know, sure. there were 80, 80 different, different kinds of ways chicken. you can do it. Yeah. Just about any way you could think you could do chicken. We, we did chicken. Incredible. What is still happening today? I mean, there still has to be ongoing efforts. We're, we're still not, you know, completely out of this thing. We still got things to navigate. So what's life like right now? So we, we just, we just this week are distributing the last deliveries of combo boxes and the combo boxes are a, a, a farm, uh, it's, it's a, they call it a, a truck to trunk program. Mm -hmm. And the combo box program was created to help farmers move a lot of product that got caught up in the supply chain through COVID, which I'm sure you've heard about. That was a, there was a lot of craziness with that. So in in addition to produce in, in these combo boxes, which are about 35 to 40 pounds, there's cheese, there's yogurt drink, there's a gallon of milk. Um, and there's three to five pounds of protein. And we we got those combo boxes through the USDA for probably about six months of this. And we, I can't even keep up at this point. I want at this point, I believe we're at about four and a half million pounds of combo boxes that were distributed. Um, and we got when we were part of a produce program as well, where we distributed a couple million pounds of produce through our partners with Ward's Produce. Mm. So um you know, at this point, we are officially done with our meal distribution um, on the 10th next week. Uh, and then we have one more event on the 17th that we're doing um, with uh, the Latino Farmers Ministry and CBS. Um, and uh, that'll be kind of our, 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 our final gig. If folks want to still help out, I mean, can they still make donations? I mean, how, how can our listeners, if they, if they feel the call in their heart to help, how can they help? Well, overflowinghands.org is, is an organization that um, serves children, not only in Wake County, but across the world. Hmm. Um, that we, that you can go to the website and really check out all the cool work that, that we do with Overflowing Hands. Um, and the, 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 you can have restricted or unrestricted donations, depending on what you want to do. Uh, but overflowinghands.org is where I would, where I would go. Um, if, if feeding people is really, uh, um, important to you and that's something that you, you want to contribute to, um, I always encourage people to, uh, go to Maggie, um, with a place at the table. Um, we're big supporters of her, her and her efforts. And then we also do a lot of work with Oak city cares. Uh, we feed the homeless down there, um, probably about 16, 18 times a year. So that that's something people can volunteer for, and they're starting to open back up. By the end of July, they should have um, guests, uh, the homeless folks, uh, coming back into the center where we can actually serve uh, a, a hot meal mm-hmm. in a in a nicer setting than just handing them a box and you know having people have to eat outside. Yeah, what a challenge. The Maggie he mentioned is Maggie Kane of a place at the table. She was episode three here on Pick Up the Six podcast. Uh, an absolute delight, uh, ball of energy. We're big fans of the work that she does down there to feed her community as well. Man, I, I gotta I gotta ask about how business has changed and and what 
you know, what the other side of this looks like uh, for, for catering companies. I mean, my man, it has been a hell of a year for you guys from that planned business model where you've had, had to pivot. So what does life ideally on the other side of this? And we don't know what tomorrow brings and we don't know what next challenges before us, but what does that life look like? Well, things have ramped up very quickly. Um, we are, we are doing weddings on top of weddings, on top of weddings. Uh, our corporate business is really just starting to trickle in. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that really hasn't come back yet, but the, the wedding business is completely insane. Um, we've got, let's see here. I have seven or eight weddings on Friday this, this week. Uh, we have 15 events on Saturday, I think eight, eight or nine of them are weddings. And then there's another five or six weddings on Sunday and pretty much every weekend, except for, you know, July 4th and a random one here or there, every weekend looks like that through the end of the year. So the, the wedding business is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's going to be tough, uh, you know, to pull, to pull off. Uh, but luckily our team, we maintained the majority of our core team. Uh, you know, we've got to hire just like everybody else, but um, our core group of people is, has been here the entire time and, you know, they're geared up and ready for the challenge. Well, my man, it has been, it has been a year. That's for sure. A year and a couple months at this point, when you think back to the challenges that are thrown at us and in the middle of all that, we've just had so many challenges across our country, racial injustice, a hotly contested political year. I mean, it was a lot to deal with for a lot of people, but part of it also is being on the front lines and seeing the impact you've been able to see just some final thoughts on just what it's been like to, to see the good, to see all the good in people, you know, bubble up even in these trying times. Yeah. I, I mean, just my personal thing is I'm not a political person. Um, I, I like to just focus on human to human interaction. That's the only way I know that I can, I can be a better person and that I can make, you know, you know, the world a better place, I guess, is, you know, helping one person at a time. And and do, just doing my part, and I, and I'm 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 so fortunate that I have a company where our culture is exactly that. You know, philanthropy is is embedded in what we do, and all my teammates that work that I work with, um, they all get it. You know, when I go run off with World Central Kitchen to do a mission trip, or with Overflowing Hands to do a mission trip, um, you know, they've got my back. I don't I don't. I don't lose a, uh, an, an ounce of sleep um, because I know that my teammates have my back and, you know, we do a lot of crazy stuff here. I mean, this has been the craziest thing we've ever done. Um, but not, not one person flinched. They all, they all stepped up and, you know, that's, that to me is what it's all about is what you can do in your, you know, your little part of the world and your yep. little circle. Yep. Helping one person at a time and doing my part. I hear you, man. Maybe we, find ways to do a little bit more of that and, and quit letting the fringe things draw us away. We get back a little closer to center. Really, really powerful. Dean, thanks so much for sharing your story with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was great talking to you. You too. He's Dean Ogan. I'm Brian Jodas, and this has been Pick Up the Six Podcast. <laughs>